Welcome back, all you little bundles of meat. Oh, man, really? (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Throwback to last week, right? (laughs) Yeah, Michael made a little comment on a Facebook thing last night. Uh, Somebody somebody that listens to us, uh, Linda Lakes, actually, I'll call her name out here. Um, She made a comment about it, and she said, I'll never put anything on the grill again without thinking I'm baptizing it by fire. And I said, you got to love those little bundles of meat. (laughs) He's like, come on, really? (laughs) I like that we had no clue that was coming until you were like just like savoring that, like, here comes the moment. It came to me right there. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, sorry, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, It's January 5th, Tuesday, and today we are on Matthew 10. Um, Last week we talked about it. We are, if you're just joining us for the first time this year, we are beginning again uh, to go through the whole New Testament. Um, just feel like it's uh, a time to do that again, and it also goes along with the uh, the series that we're in right now, Discover Jesus. Uh, we're going to discover him through going through the New Testament again. Um, so anyway, uh, we'll just get into our reading today, unless you guys have anything else to say. Do you guys want to give any context on this at all? Um. Well, we just came. We just came out of Jesus's uh, Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. um, which is man. We too bad we didn't get to do a podcast in the middle of that because that's I think some we've big done stuff. a podcast in it before. Yeah, yeah. But and one thing is also to note is that the Sermon on the Mount may not have been just one sermon. It may have right. been like a compilation of some of Jesus's teachings that kind of were were put together here uh, by Matthew. I think that. Uh, Another thing that we're seeing is we're seeing kind of a timeline of Jesus calling his disciples. Last chapter we talked about the Jesus called Matthew the tax collector. And I think it's it's interesting to notice that there's a real scandalous nature to, I mean, Michael, you alluded to it right. last uh, podcast, that Jesus was kind of going against the grain of what a normal rabbi would do as, as far as picking the cream yeah. of the crop for his own disciples. And Jesus is picking, like, the wrong people, if that's what he's going off of. He's picking uh, a bunch of illiterate fishermen. He's picking a tax collector, which is literally the most hated person in their society. I mean, like, the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was sinners, which is a really terrible category, and then the <laughs> sinners didn't even feel comfortable being called tax collectors, you know? And so that was the worst category, <laughs> yeah. was the tax collectors. And it's probably still the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I know exactly. <laughs> Time's coming soon. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tax season's coming soon, right? So... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so Jesus is calling a bunch of IRS agents uh, to join him uh, and follow him. But um, but yeah, so they um, so this is like, and this is a really scandalous thing. And the religious religious leaders are just they're dumbfounded by it. Like I mean, he goes and eats and hangs out with all these sinners and tax collectors. And uh, Jesus, um, John says that Jesus is full of grace and truth, and he is exactly that. Like he he doesn't shy away from calling Matthew and his friends sinners, but he dines with them and he. He, he shows them grace. He shows them love. He shows them exactly uh, who, that God's position and posture towards them is that he loves them. And and so this is uh, like when he lists out all of the different people that are in, like uh, you have, you know, you have these fishermen, you have a tax collector, you have this guy called Simon the Zealot. And he, which means he is like an advocate for like no Rome. Like we, he is a, he's a guy that's going to be like all for Judaism and, you know, the golden age of Israel. And so you've got him joining Jesus. And then you've got the guy that's a tax collector who's employed by Rome, who's stealing from his own people. I mean, like, and you've got rich and poor too. I mean, most of these guys are poor, but, um, and I'm forgetting which two, but a couple brothers, is it James and John? I think it's James and John. They, they were likely... Um, not just regular fishermen, they were likely like businessmen, mm-hmm. like their dad likely owned like a big, so, so they may not have been you know, super educated, but they were probably more wealthy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Jesus, again, he's, he's got this, 
like you said, tax collectors. He's got fishermen, rich fishermen, poor fishermen. He's got, you know, the, this whole gamut of, of different uh, different types of people. Mm-hmm. And instead of going through the traditional system, which I just think that shows, isn't it encouraging? Yeah. I think it's pretty awesome to see that Jesus, it doesn't matter who you are, yeah. or where you come from. Mm-hmm. Jesus can use you. Exactly. So, I guess. Yes, yeah. that's kind of like a little like setup, maybe. The end. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the end. Um, so, guys, we're going to get into the Dwell app. Just to remind you, uh, I did a lot of setup. Uh, we did a lot of setup last week about um, it's a new year, so we were kind of giving you a recap of information about where we come from, who we are, why we do this podcast. Um, and just know, too, that if you're reading along with us, uh, all of these... Uh, readings, all of these scriptures that come out of the Dwell app, it's all in the ESV version of the Bible if you want to read along. So here is Matthew 10 from the Dwell app. And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons, You received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it, and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words... Shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents. And innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. 
when they deliver you over. Do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next For truly, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, How much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill. Kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup 
of cold water, because he is a disciple. Truly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. And that's Matthew 10. Um, guys, before we get into that, actually, as we get into that, I just had a couple questions here. Uh, oh, right away, oh, they get no. it's really easy. Uh, it should be easy for you guys. <laughs> I choose um, C. <laughs> that's not an option. Um, so explain this to me and to others who are listening. What is the difference between a disciple and an apostle? Because hmm. right, right as soon as you get into the chapter, he talks about making his disciples into apostles and sending them out. So what is the difference? Yeah, Daniel, what's the difference there, buddy? <laughs> that is a great question. Well, uh, I, I can start with something to help. That, yeah. Because that, apostle, that, that can be confusing, but a disciple is a follower. Mm-hmm. And, and, but it's more than just a follower. Like I, like I briefed, briefly talked about last week, um, disciples were, were guys that followed a rabbi. So you know, in, in this context, we, you had guys that were kids that memorized the Torah, mm-hmm became the cream of the crop, did the secondary school kind of thing, cream mm-hmm. of the crop. Then they followed a rabbi. Those people were disciples. Yeah. So that's kind of what... Kind of a Padawan, per se. Yeah, so that exa- <laughs> that's a great a example. A follower and a student. Yes. So that's kind of a disciple. Now, apostle is is another level. I mean, you want to get into... Well, apostle means it's a, it's a, you're an envoy or an ambassador. You're sent. That's what that's the, uh, I guess... The, it comes from that. It comes from the the Hebrew word to send out, and it comes, and so you have. Uh, so that I think that's that's where it's a little bit different because he sends out the twelve. Mm-hmm. So they've been following him, which is a disciple okay. kind of model. But then when he sends them out, they're apostles. They're the ones that have kind of been given authority. And, and so when we think of even apostles, a gift like the gifting now, we think of that as someone who is who is kind of sent, who's going out, who's kind of pioneering. Uh, new territory, who's going out and doing new things for the gospel. Gotcha. And so that would be kind of a, a difference between the two, would just be more of a calling and uh, a gifting they received from Jesus, because Jesus gave him the opportunity to, to be sent and to go out and to proclaim the okay. kingdom. So kind and of I, like students who have graduated and now are going out into the world. Yes. Yeah, that would be it. Kind and, of. and an interesting you know thing that's not really in this chapter, but is, is about how Paul is an apostle, because Paul wasn't part of the crew. Mm-hmm. You know, he he gets saved. <laughs> yeah, I love saying that. But he he gets saved. Yeah. He's he's blinded by the light. Yep. That that all happens. He had a Damascus Road experience, right? Yes, he did. <laughs> the, <laughs> no, but, but all that happens and after Jesus, you know, dies, resurrects, and, and ascends into heaven. So that that's another odd thing is how as how Paul is an apostle, but he's not really part of this particular crew. Yeah. Well, Jesus even says that he. He almost he verbally says this to Ananias. I think when he before he heals Paul of his blindness uh, in Damascus, he says says that he's my instrument to reach the disciples. So in a sense, Jesus is sending out Paul to be the apostle to the Gentiles, so that he is being, he's sending him out in that, and, he, and Jesus is commissioning him through what he spoke through Ananias. Yeah. So I just have real quick a follow up. To just to think about it. I know you guys won't know the answer because nobody will know the answer, but I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on it. Hmm. So uh, going back to Revelation that we just came out of at the end of the year, we were talking about the holy city. Once it comes down and, and Jesus establishes it rain on earth and all that kind of stuff, said those walls at the foundation of those walls would be basically the twelve the names of the twelve apostles. Yeah. 
do you think that Judas Man, I knew was will be that. on that? So the one thing that I think that, it, I mean, it very well could be, right? I mean, that we won't know until sure. for sure when yeah. we see heaven. But I think also, I think they, uh, uh, the first thing that they did in Acts, Acts chapter 1, was that they replaced Judas as an apostle. Yeah. So they had two guys. They were rolling dice over two guys. Yeah. And then they... Um, um, then you know the, all the lots fell on I think Matthias or what we yeah we're probably butchering the pronunciation sure. but so he takes Ju- he takes Judas's place so right. so the twelve are still the twelve but yeah. it's just a, with a different you, person you know the I thing th- is we were talking about this briefly before we you know we started recording not not that question but about Judas mm-hmm. and um he does get vilified obviously because. Well, I mean, he's Judas, you know. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Thanks, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you're like, I'm reading the story about Jesus and his apostles, and what? He's going to get betrayed? <laughs> yeah, like, come on, man. Chapter 10, we're, gonna, we're already going to go there. Leave some leave some mystery, you know. There's the suspense. But, I mean, but look, <laughs> I, I do wonder about about Judas. Uh, he's, he's one of the most interesting characters because here he is being sent out, you know, healing people and casting out. Uh, I mean, you have to do that under the power of, of, of Christ, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, I, I wonder what is in Judas's heart at this point. Like, to, to use, like, modern terminology, is he saved? It, d- does he believe that Jesus is the Messiah? You know, like, where he, where is he at with these things? And and what is his eternal destiny? Like, how, how does that work? Because we know he screws up at the end and then he kills himself. Peter denied Christ, mm-hmm. but he ends up being redeemed. You know, yeah. so I I wonder. And another thing that I wonder about it that's interesting with him is the things that he did were prophesied. So that that makes it even more difficult. Is he part of God's plan? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's not that like I don't think the Holy Spirit because it really wasn't the Holy Spirit until Acts two. But you know what I mean till Pentecost. But I don't think like God was saying, "Listen, Judas, hey, between you and me." I need you to go ahead and like you know, you know, get these th- the thirty pieces of silver and the land and, and all this right. stuff and and we we're going to betray Jesus and like I don't think God was telling him to do that, but it's just an interesting thing. Like, we're, I mean, what do you guys think? Where what is is Ju- is Judas in hell or is he in heaven? Like, what like what do you guys think? <laughs> well, I think that that's that's a hard question to. We, there's no way for us to answer that question definitively. No, so, no that's Daniel. a very controversial conversation to have. Dang it, Daniel, you have to answer the question. You know, <laughs> well, I think though, I think if you try to just take Judas, and and just glean from the context that we have, because we don't know Judas's heart, we don't know his thoughts, we don't know True. all of these things. We do know that that he was called to be an apostle. Yeah. We know that he was the one that controlled the money. For the uh, he was the treasurer, I guess, for the the whole Jesus movement that's going on. Yeah, the board of so, Jesus. Yeah, the board of Jesus. And so, uh, and nice. it, it's, uh, it, sorry, I just didn't even know how to. I didn't expect that terminology. So anyway, so this is, and so you don't get the shadiest dude to become your treasurer, you yeah. know. And so like at face value, he's a trusted guy, and uh, he's doing. He's a part of Jesus' ministry, and we see like different instances where, you know, he. He calls the the girl out that breaks uh, Mary uh, Magdalene that breaks the the um, the jar of yeah. Um, yeah. perfume and then yeah. anoints Jesus and he gets all in a tiff about it um, and and so like he says you know hey you know that could have been that could have been sold and given to the poor kind of thing and you know we start to see that the, the perception that the disciples had looking back was that his motives were off in that 
uh, in that instance. Uh, but I think there's a part where Judas probably grew up like a lot of Jewish boys and thought that the Messiah was supposed to come and free them from Roman rule and usher in the golden age of Israel. Right. So that was the prevailing thought that the Messiah was going to come and make Israel great again. Right. So that's nice. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of rolled off the tongue. Spoiler um, alert. Mega how it went down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. So anyways, I mean, that's what they thought. Right. They thought that that was going to be what was going to happen. And Jesus's intention was not that he, he was going to come to save the world. He was going to be a sacrifice uh, for all of the world's sins. And so when when it starts to not take place, like Jesus is constantly always pushing people down to say, don't talk about this, don't make me your king, all of these things. Like he's he's very, and I'm sure that was confusing. That was very confusing to the disciples that thought that this is what they were going to get. Like even John and James were like arguing over who's going to be the greatest. And like they have all of these things, that, like who's going to be the greatest when Jesus's kingdom comes in. And they're, right. they're thinking about this earthly kingdom that Jesus is going to usher. And so this is like, I think a common thought. And so I think Judas was probably had this idea and then was so disappointed when it didn't happen that he maybe uh, forced. Well, maybe he was wise, like wise is a, is a tough word to use when you say Judas, but because I think a lot of these disciples were still on that idea. Because mm-hmm. I mean that's the reason why they they kind of went back to their thing when he died. I mean you would think, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. I know what's going to happen. I I got it. Jesus talked about this, but no, they all left. They, uh, some of them were probably still thinking Jesus is going to be this great king, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And maybe Judas, maybe he got it, yeah. and he didn't agree with it. Well, I mean Peter, even Peter gets rep- reprimanded when Jesus says the Son of Man is going to be betrayed and, and die, and Peter pulls Jesus aside and rebukes him for that, and then Jesus says, "Get behind me, Satan!" You know, which is, you know, always a nice thing to say for Jesus to <laughs> yeah. to his good friend Peter. You know, but, but I mean, like he obviously Jesus was on a totally different track than what the disciples were on as far as what he came to do and what he was going to accomplish, and. Maybe Judas just overwhelmed with disappointment and wanted to force Jesus' hand to betray him, and and then he felt really obviously he felt remorseful about That's it. That's another thing is the remorse because I mean, you, you, I know we've talked about suicide in, in this podcast before, but that's a pretty serious thing, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he 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 obviously felt so bad about it that he couldn't live with himself. Yeah, so, I don't know. I, I just think it's he's an interesting case. Yeah. And I, th- I said, like, I don't think we'll know. I don't think we'll know exactly what happened or what his destination is and all of that stuff. But I think we can glean from the fact that we can, we can walk in, I guess, for lack of a better term, the mindset of Judas, where we think that God is supposed to do things our way and do things a certain way, and we can get really angry or frustrated or disappointed or even try to force God's hand. And God's going to do what he wants to do, regardless of how we try to manipulate that at all. And you, it doesn't... It, I've seen it in my own life. It just doesn't work out when you try to do that. <laughs> yeah. now, now, speaking of these of, of Judas and like the, the the rest of these disciples, as we see, you know, Jesus basically he sends them out. What do you guys think of some of the instructions that he gives them? I, I, I just reading this, it's weird. You know, I've read this before, obviously, but like reading it again, it, it, it kind of shocked me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one thing that stuck out to me, and I talked about this the last week, was the same message. You know. That the message that John the Baptist, the message in Matthew chapter 3, the message of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, and the message of the disciples is the same. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. And it's a calling to repentance. It's a calling to change. And so, um, but I do think what's really interesting is that uh, they're not, their journey is very minimalist. 
you know yeah they're they're yeah. not supposed to take any money they're not supposed to take any bags on their journey any extra clothes extra extra you know food or different things like that or even extra shoes different things and staff like all of these things that you would normally take in case things i mean okay so true confession i overpack like i i pack if <laughs> yeah, like me too the worst possible things happen every second of my vacation. Do like you pack I, like, like like you're going to poop yourself like every day, <laughs> or like 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 I roll into mud every single morning. Yeah, you know, like right. I put on my new clothes. Oh, I rolled into mud. I need my new clothes. You know, and like I'm just like yes. I pack for the worst possible scenario. And so, in a sense, I we always regret it. Me and me and Lainey, we do the same thing. We just pack so much. We just got back from our vacation, and my uh, my parents live in South Carolina, and. We packed so much stuff in our suitcases, like stuff that we didn't use, didn't need, like it was ridiculous. And so, like, I don't know if I would be a great Jesus follower if he's giving yeah. me these, like, yeah. he's giving me these instructions to literally take like nothing. But I think there is, there's so much. I I love this because what he's basically saying is that is that you're gonna go, you're gonna go to a place that the Holy Spirit is already preparing for you. You're going to go to a place where the Holy Spirit is already working in people's lives and you just need to kind of be vigilant and be aware of it. And and I've been studying this as it, as it kind of pertains to evangelism because like when I see being sent out they're they're basically being evangelists. They're yeah. they're going out and they're sharing the gospel, they're sharing the good news. And and what they're doing is they're looking for people that the Holy Spirit is already working in them. Cuz John 6 uh 44 says that uh, that the Holy Spirit, the Father is draw like no one comes to the Father unless the Father draws them, right? And so I think we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves as followers of Jesus to feel like we need to evangelize constantly to every single person, and and it can be so scary for the rejection and for that. But these guys are just they're looking for people that are already the seeds already been planted. The Holy Spirit's already working. The Holy Spirit's already drawing them in. And here's the different evidence that you're looking for. You're looking for somebody that'll welcome you into their house, that will feed you, that will, that your peace will be, it'll be obvious that there's some sort of interaction of the peace of the Holy Spirit in you and the peace that's in that house. And it can rest there. You know, what did you call them? We had a good conversation at lunch like a month or two ago. And you actually said that there's a term that somebody has coined for people like that, that are prepared for it. Yeah. It's called persons of peace. So it's kind of comes out of this. It says that your, your peace will rest on that house. And so that, that you're looking for someone that is a person of peace and, and, and they have these qualities, they have these welcoming qualities because I mean, let's take Facebook, for example, right? If you start to tell people about Jesus on Facebook and you get all these people that are vehemently opposed to it and just like spitting venom and yelling at you, maybe they're not your person of peace, you know? And, that, <laughs> yeah. and, and like, seriously, you're probably beating your head against the wall trying to evangelize. And it's almost like this immovable object with the unstoppable force kind of running into each other in this clash of social media, which is... Man, if you did, I've learned this recently because I'm that way. If you learn to let it go like Elsa on some of this, true, man, it makes so life so much wise. better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank, thank God for Disney, right? Yeah. <laughs> as long as they get Star Wars right in, yeah. in Episode Nine, I'm cool with Disney. <laughs> just let it go, build a castle of ice, and just live in it, yeah. right? So let when, it, I, when yourself I, a let your hair dress. down too. Yeah, yeah that's true. when I was asking you about what you all think about you know Jesus' instructions and kind of what he gives to these disciples. The very, the very top of this chapter is something that intrigued me about how he basically gives them the authority to heal and to, to cast out demons. And so my brain started to do gymnastics around this because, you know, I, my, my mind is skeptical naturally the way I am because I'm like, okay, 
you know, is, is this something that he gave them? Do we have the authority to do this? Can people be healed today? Can they not be healed today? And I know God heals, but like, does Daniel have the authority to heal? You know? So like, I was thinking about that because my skeptical mind says, I've never seen someone in a wheelchair and someone walk up to him and say, you know, bless you child, you are healed in the name of Jesus. Stand up and walk. And I've never seen a person get out of a wheelchair and walk. I've, ne- I've never seen, you know, someone that, that is missing a leg. Um, someone say, bless you child, you are healed. Your leg grows back like a little baby leg starts growing. <laughs> but I mean, the point is, like for real, I've never seen that happen. Mm-hmm. And so then I was thinking about this. I have a friend, and he'll never listen to this podcast, so I'll name drop. His name's Terry Dean. Um, and he's an Iraq war veteran. And, uh, you know, he was in a Humvee unit and, he, and an improvised explosive device blows up and he ends up losing his leg. Now, now Terry goes to the VA hospital and, and, and you know, to try to, to work with physical therapy and prosthetics and all this stuff. Right. So he goes in and he wants to be he, he wants to be able to walk faster than anyone else has ever walked in a prosthetic. And he does it. Right. And then he's like, I want to be able to walk without a limp. You know, and then he does it. So now, now Terry Dan, he's a transition assistance guy for the National Guard. Um, that's what he is full time. And, um, and 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 I, when I was leaving the guard, he was one of the guys that gives a, a brief about you know the next steps. And of course, he's pacing across the room because he's one of those guys that when he when he talks, he walks. Mm-hmm. And um, he shocked he shocked the audience. You know, when he, when he started talking about his leg, because he doesn't walk with a limp. Mm. Now, the reason why I share this story. <clears throat> is I just realized something through this story and through this scripture. God healed Terry Dean. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't have the baby leg growing, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but, but God, through science, we, we, we make science and religion go against each other, but hear me. God created people who created prosthetics. He created the people that designed all the physical therapy, and he and he created Terry Dean, knowing what would happen to him, giving him the passion and the persistence to to decide I will be the the fastest to ever walk in a prosthetic, and I will walk without a limp. Period. God did all that. God made these people to do exactly what He needed them to do, and through what God has made, Terry Dean can walk. Yeah, and like, si- praise God. Is, yeah, science is nothing but. The study of and trying to understand what God created and how it works. Yeah, yeah, that's all that it is. So, so don't hear me the wrong way though. I'm saying it's a both and thing. Okay, yeah. that God can and does use science to heal. Millions of people are healed because of God and what God does through people in science. Yeah. So, so I want you to hear that first. But second, if God tells you, pray for this person for healing. If, if God asks, asks you to do something that feels crazy to you, if he says, hey, I want you to go heal that person, then <laughs> be like, <laughs> I want you to be like, like, take the advice of Emperor Palpatine, do it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe that's a bad example, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if God tells you to go, go cast out a demon, do it, mm-hmm. yeah. 
don't don't limit God because of of your theology. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 I mean that's obedience, right? Yes. Um, which ties into because uh, we're running out of time here for the day, and this is a longer chapter. We knew that we would, you know, Michael. The first thing he said to me when he came in today, he walked by me. He goes, "We're going to need to do like four podcasts on this chapter." <laughs> I know. So, um, and our this, rabbit trail on Judas too doesn't help. <laughs> I think this is a great way to um, kind of wrap it all up and sum up what we're talking about here. Some. So, um, my, you know, you were talking about the instructions uh, that he gave them. And my favorite, the one that stood out to me, maybe it was given to me so that I could wrap this up this way, but um, in uh, verse uh, 16, it starts, and my favorite one is a little bit down, I'll start here, it says, persecution will come, and then verse 16 says, behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Wow. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, which is exactly what happens to these guys. Mm-hmm. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Mm-hmm. Through you. That, I love that. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> It scares me to death, but I have a feeling sometime in my life I'm going to be dragged in front of somebody and I'm going to have to speak truth about Jesus. And I, I pray to God that I will not be anxious thinking about what I am to say in those moments. Um, and what that all comes down to in all of these instructions, and this is kind of how I felt like we could kind of wrap this up. Yeah. It all comes down to um, trust. Yeah. And surrender. Mm-hmm. Because all of the rest of these instructions, like the headings as you go down, is have no fear. And it's um, not peace, but a sword. Uh, rewards. It talks about different rewards that people will receive or won't receive for what they do. Um, but I love that, man. Uh, th- there's so much trust and surrender that we have to have for the Holy Spirit to be able to really go out and be effective and follow his way and set an example and reach people for him. Um, I just love that. I love yeah. the, the fact that we are not to be anxious or to worry in any of these moments because, you know, even talking about, especially in the past, talking about going out and making disciples and sharing this with people made me so nervous. Yeah. You know, what, what do I say? What do I say to these people? How do I, how do, I do this and do it well, you know? Um, I don't know. Just trust and surrender. I, Let I think the Holy Spirit move through you. Be a vessel. And I think, Brent, you're just, you're really on point with that. And it's, it is, it's basically <clears throat> when he's sending out the disciples, he's saying, trust. You know, trust, don't bring a lot of stuff. Trust, trust that yeah. the Lord's going to provide for you. When you're in a bad situation, trust that the Lord's going to give you the words to say. It's basically that the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is always working. The Holy Spirit is doing things. And so when we are in those situations where we feel like we don't know what to do or we don't have necessarily what we need, we know that we can trust that God's going to provide us. And when yes. it doesn't go our way, like he says, like, man, like, if it doesn't go, it, like, if a sparrow like falls to the earth, you know, sparrows, sparrows are worth, like worthless. He's basically saying they're worthless in this society, but God knows what's happening to them. So God knows how many like uh, hairs are on your head and yeah. I can count how many hairs are on Zero. Michael's head, but I can't count how many hairs are on Brent's head. And so that doesn't make me God. So I can't figure that out yet, you know, but, uh, but anyways, but yeah, he knows everything about us. He knows, he know, and, he's, and, every, and it says everything's going to be revealed. So that means that all the injustice that you may feel is happening, don't worry. It's going to be taken care of. It's going to be revealed. Trust. Mm-hmm. Trust that he'll provide. Trust that he'll give you the words to say. And trust that if, when everything doesn't go your way, he's still going to be on the throne and he's still going to take care of things. Yeah. And so then... And when you get conflict, like, I mean, it talks about families, like families being broken up over 
over like this belief in Jesus. And we see it. We see it's very, I mean, we see it really like, like where people are really being betrayed to death, but we also see just like death in relationship and death in interaction with family members when family members don't believe in Jesus. And it's, and it's very polarizing. Jesus is a polarizing figure. Uh, and so, but we are always going to be, nothing is going to be that we do for Jesus will remain hidden. It will be rewarded. Yes. It will be honored. It will be glorified. And, and so it is, it, this is, you, we have to shift our perspective when it comes to the work of Jesus, the kingdom of God, he's going to provide, he's going to give the words to say, he's going to give us everything that we need. And when it doesn't go our way, it doesn't, we don't need to like, like panic, like he is taking care of it all. And it's just, like you said, it's trust. And then we'll surrender the rest. Yeah. And when it doesn't go your way, it's going his way. Mm -hmm. You're playing your part in his plan. You can't see all of it. So if you trust and surrender, you can play a more effective part. I feel like we need to have we play I Surrender All now. Yeah. We'll have an altar call. Take it away, Brent. <laughs> no. Hey, you know, do you mind if I go ahead and pray us out, Brent? Yeah, please. We're going right, to wrap up here. Let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, um, I just want to thank you and praise you. And it sounds odd to say thank you and praise you right now as we, we look about uh, how you talk about there's going to be a sword and, and how families you know can can oppose each other because of you. And, and we see all these people that are going to meet their deaths um, in the scripture that we, that we see in recorded scripture or in, in recorded history that later on all these guys die uh, a martyr's death. But um, we thank you anyway. And the reason why we thank you is the hope that you give us, that it's not just this life, Lord, that we have eternity, that, that you have given us the most ridiculous grace and blessing that we could ever imagine. And you're going to let us spend eternity with you. And that in the face of a face of all this adversity, because of who you are and what you've done, we get to be with you forever. So we thank you for that, that that makes it right. And we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you that you've called us to, to go out and reach people. And we thank you that you called these disciples to start that. And just, Lord, just the whole story is just amazing. And we can't thank you enough. So, again, this is a, a prayer of praise. We praise you and we thank you for who you are. And Lord, we do love you. And we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Michael. <clears throat> um, as we wrap up, I just, I feel like since it's, you know, the only the second episode of the year, um, it's the beginning of a new year, time to change, you know, time to do all those things. I think the three words maybe for this year, that if you want to see transformation in your life, live your life in a way that is connected to and close to and adoring and longing for the Holy Spirit in your life. And then follow three words from that. Trust, surrender, and obey. Mm -hmm. You want to you wanna see rapid transformation, crazy things happen in your life when you're in connection with the Holy Spirit? Trust the Holy Spirit. Surrender to the Holy Spirit so that when you hear Him speak to you, no matter how crazy it is that you feel like you're being prompted to do or that you're hearing and supposed to follow through with in your life or go tell somebody something else, be obedient to that and watch how your eyes are truly open and watch how your heart changes and how it affects the other people that you're interacting with in those situations. So uh, trust, surrender, and obey, and we'll talk to you next week. See you guys.